Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Essential Apple Show, a show where we put our collective brains together to discuss the last 7 to 12 days in the world of Apple, all the news, reviews, gossip, rumours and anything else really that takes our interest. This week, I don't have the regular crew with me. Carl is somewhere, Barry is somewhere, Matt is somewhere and Rick is somewhere. I've got some very special guests. So first up this week, making his second return on the show, is Mr. Gantz Mars. Good evening. Good evening, Mark. And I now feel like a regular. I mean, what's this, twice in a row? But the rate we're going, we're going to be back on next week and go on to the schedule from the rest of my so-called co-hosts. <laughs> oh, no, no. Well, well, can I say, I can't do next week, that's for sure, because I'll be at Silverstone. So don't put me in for next week, that's for sure. That's all right. I really want, I want, only want, and we haven't got guys because of the time zone. <laughs> he'll do it for you sometime don't worry yeah well uh, i will do a sunday at some point which is i've never done a sunday podcast although i have a feeling i might Have be you? doing one uh, this weekend the right things have been going <laughs> yeah i'm good thanks it's it was it's been a bit like the question of when you ever have ask you what do you want to eat it's up to you all right pizza <laughs> no chips no taco no mexican no well what yeah, can i have yeah, has been... whatever you like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a good decision-making process, I think. Which is in also, it's like I'm bored. Well, what do you want to do? I don't know. Do yeah, but let's let's no. not go. Do you want to stay not, in? Let's no. Not, let's not. Let's not talk about decision-making, considering the decision that has been made in this country recently. Well, one person who's made a very brave decision <laughs> is our second guest. It's Mr. Tim Robertson from the Tech Fan Podcast over on the MyMac.com website. Tim, nice to have you on. Hey, nice to be here. Thanks for uh, inviting me over. So, so what's the bravery thing? You're brave coming on this show, believe me. We've only uh. got warmed up. We've already had to do three intros. <laughs> that, my friend, is the tip of the iceberg. <clears throat> it's because you make your intros too too elaborate. I'm just like, hey, welcome to Tech Fan. I'm Tim. There's David. So, this is what's going on. That's it. It's something to do with trying to establish an ident <laughs> or something I read on a website somewhere about how to grow your podcast and create a brand. And the only brand we seem to be creating is a mockery. <laughs> yeah, I don't worry about that stuff. I just record shows and release them and call it a day. So you don't worry about synergistic relationships with your cohort of potential <laughs> branding and partners then? No, I made cool t-shirts. Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> what's been going on in your world then Tim? what's happening over there on the other side of the pond does anyone there even care about the whole brexit thing that we've had to put up with because apparently our country is now doomed but fund somehow all the shares in the exchange rates have bounced back does america even care yeah actually it's been uh I, if anything i think it's more of a cautionary tale for some people they're saying uh, look what's going on in the uk right now this could happen in the united states if we elect the wrong person uh, others are saying, no, that's the right way to go. We want to get foreign influences out. Um, you know, I, I, look, David and I did a whole thing about this on last week's tech fan. Uh, I am not pro exiting the European union. I, I, I think it's crazy, but you know, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's caught a lot of people's attention here in the U S and you know, I find very interesting is that it's probably the first time in my lifetime, other than Royal weddings and that stuff is the American news outlets are actually talking about governmental issues 
and having to explain how there's different parliaments in the UK and what that could mean for uh, this referendum that just happened. So it's been interesting. I, I found it uh, interesting to follow myself. Well, your man Barry over there basically said if we left the EU, we'd be in the bottom of the pile for any deals, didn't he? So that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Time will tell. But speaking of deals, moving swiftly on into our first segment, Amazon new sorry Amazon's new Prime benefits discounted smartphones, providing you're willing to look at supported lock screen ads. This is a story that's been coming out in the last few days, saying that Amazon will offer its Prime members exclusive discounts on unlocked Android smartphones, starting with the new Motorola G and the Blue R1 HD using an ad-supported strategy. Basically, what I mean is, before you can open up your lock, before you can open up and access your phone, you're going to have to watch an advert. Now, we've had this before. Mm, it doesn't say ago. that. It, it doesn't say you have to watch an advert, does it? I'm just having a look. I thought it did. I thought there would be some adverts that you'd be mandatory forced to watch. And then some, hmm. but then it, I suppose that doesn't make sense. Cause if you'd have to watch an advert, what happens if you want to dial nine one one? Exactly. Uh, I, you know, I think it might be, look, they do this on the, the Kindle readers. Uh, and I've got an ad supported Kindle, uh, just the, the cheapy one, uh, Kindle somehow I got on Amazon's, uh, reviewers list. So anytime there's a new fire, or Kindle, they send it to me, although not the real expensive ones, go figure. And they always send the ad-supported ones. So it's just e-ink, it shows an ad. As soon as I turn it on, it's just a static image. And as soon as I unlock it, the ad goes away. I can't even tell you what the ads are. I just, I don't really see them. So with the Android phones, I don't think they're going to be sending you video. So as soon as you wake up the screen, my guess is it's just going to be a static ad. And then you swipe and it's gone. You unlock your phone. That would be my guess. I can't imagine that they're going to push video out because that's going to take up data plan rates. Uh, and I don't think anybody's going to sit there and watch even a 10-second video when they need to make a phone call or they need to answer something or they just need to pull up you know, their boarding pass for a flight. That That's not going to fly at all. So I don't think it's going to be video. I think it's going to be as soon as you wake up that screen, there's going to be a static picture ad. That's a live link if you click it. You know, you could go to that website and whatever, but I think it's just going to be a static image of an ad. You said something interesting there, though, Tim, and something which I've often thought is actually you said, I can't even tell you what the ad is for. And that's the problem. And that's where advertisers will eventually say, hang on a minute, we're, we're, we're piling money into this. No, they, they, but, no, but we're, no, but we're no. not, but we're not getting any recompense for it. No, they've the been pay, doing, the they've pay. been advertising like this for many years that nobody sees commercials. Half the commercials <laughs> that are on television, you don't see, you so, don't listen so, to them so on the radio. Stupid. You, so you go stupid. past, they are, they, I think they say advertising only affects like 1% of the people who actually see the ad and that, that actually pays attention. And I suppose that must be, that must be enough because obviously when, when you get spam email, they only need a small percentage to react to actually make it exactly. Them, so yep. Yeah. Are we seeing what's going? Is there a possibility that we'll get something eventually, like we have in some apps, like you can earn ten extra coins if you watch uh, a video? Will there be a point where the phone companies will time when advertising networks say, "Watch this video, and you'll get say ten extra minutes or a hundred more texts or." five gig more data. Do you reckon, well, not five gig, five meg. Do you reckon that's a possibility far off down the road? Is this a start of a slippery slope? Go ahead, guess. 
I, I think it will be. Absolutely, it will be. I mean, loads of games do it. It, it, but again, it's the same problem. It, I think it would um, cause a problem with the interaction between the person and the device. People like myself will throw our arms up in the air, absolutely hate it, but there'll be enough people to react to it who don't give a monkeys and actually will will react to it and they get their payback back. Uh, it could be good for the very poor and developing nations. Um, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it as long as it's an opt-in thing. As long as I can pay extra never to see ads, then fine. I don't care if that option is there, but... You know, let's be honest, not everyone can afford a smartphone. I just got, and this is good timing, it's plugged in, it's charging, I haven't even used it yet. I just got a smart, uh, smarmy, a Sony Android phone that hasn't been released yet. It actually comes out on July 17th, uh, called a Sony Xperia XA. And it's an unlocked phone on a GSMA carriers, LTE. It cost on Amazon $279, and it's completely unlocked. So this, there's no ads or anything. Now, in our circle of people, we think, wow, $279 for an unlocked phone, and this is a 5.5-inch phone, so it's a big one. And it's got really good specs, and again, I haven't even turned it on or anything. Uh, that's not a bad price. But for somebody that's making a minimum wage or someone's living in an impoverished nation, that could be you know, two months worth of their salary or more. So that's still extremely expensive. 250 bucks, $279. That's a lot of money, especially in the UK right now, or, you know, um, <laughs> um, so that's still a lot of money. So if you could offer this exactly the same phone for say $25 and it's ad supported, I don't have a problem with that. I was going to say to that Euro got to be kidding me with that pun. <laughs> oh dear! I'm gonna pound it home. Oh no! And it keeps going. At this rate, I'm gonna make a Brexit for it. <laughs> oh, I've completely lost a thread now. There's a shocker. We've had. Care careful! I've got a trump card here. Oh, oh. ba boom! He's here all night. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, you know, we'll have to wait and see how this goes on with Amazon. I but yeah, you're going to see it. You're, I, you're certainly not going to see it in the Apple world, but you're you're going to see it more and more in the other in the other ecospheres. And to think there was a time that people were worried about the evasion of privacy and how dare you do this and how dare you do that, and we've slowly got more and more blinded to things that are going to happen. But I think Tim has nailed it on the head. If it's opt-in, you know what you're doing. You, and I think Carl would uh, he would love this section because these days when you buy a phone, you are technically selling everything about you to get a subsidized device unless you're buying an Apple phone, it seems. So it's, it's going to be interesting. It may be the at, tip of a nice At the moment, yes, at the moment. You know. well, well, the phone we'll... itself, I mean, half the stuff that you do on the iPhone nowadays, some of the more popular apps – there, there isn't an option to unlock it by an in-app purchase. It's, it's a free app no matter what. You just have to watch commercials. Well, we'll stick with the phone theme for our next story that I've got here, where Apple is working to prevent iPhones from recording video at concerts. Apple has recently been granted a patient 
patient. Oh, here we go. Patent that blocks iPhones from taking photos and recording videos during concerts and places where it is deemed prohibited. The system, I believe, works by IR. So there's a little sensor that will pick up a signal when you're in a gig or in the cinema that will say, no, you stop recording a concert. That's going to be horrifically blurry, completely blown out of noise and pretty much useless. And if you share it on YouTube, it's going to get taken down anyway. Well, you got to remember one thing. Uh, this is just a, an Apple trademark, and Apple trademarks about a thousand things to the one thing that they actually produce. So this is just, it could be some engineer working within Apple that said, hey, this is a cool idea. Uh, Apple Legal said it is. We're not going to put it in, but let's go ahead and trademark it so nobody else can use this kind of uh, technology because we came up with it internally. So it could be something as simple as that. So I don't want to... I don't want to get too negative about this right now. This could just be that. However, if this is something Apple actually does release in a future iPhone, I think the uproar would be pretty big. I could see this, I could see this kind of similar technology working in that it disables, say, the keyboard if it senses that you're in a car and traveling, thus no texting and driving, except what if you're not driving, you're in the passenger seat. So there's a problem. But going into a venue, um, not being able to record something because the venue doesn't want you to, what if something happens and you have to call 911? Uh, what if someone's trying to get a hold of you because your child was just in a car accident and they can't reach you because you happen to be uh, working in an arena I don't think that sort of has a concert phone, going on. I think it just disables purely the ability to record. So you know that you'd be able to be on the camera showing the shot, but when you click on the button, it will just say recording disabled. Yeah, I don't know. You, you watch it's the a sales slope. drop if they did that. I think there would be a massive sales drop amongst the uh, the younger generation for sure. And, and there would be a third party apps that would slip through the yeah. cracks and well. Well, and, until Apple actually pulled them out of the App Store, of course, Tim. I, I, I think if they, I don't think they'll go through with this. I agree with you. I think it's just them getting the patent in place, and you know, uh, self-preservation and protection. Really, it almost as it's almost so they don't have to put it in because obviously somebody else gets in there and starts putting it on other phones, and they've got control over. Uh, you know, I, I I know that there's a lot of artists out there who don't like it when all these people look and I grew up in the seventies and eighties. So everyone pulled out their big lighters during the slow songs and okay, that was fine. But now you go to a concert, at least from what I understand, I haven't been to a concert in years. Everyone's pulling out their cell phones. So you see, especially if you know, you're behind the audience, all you see is these glowing phones and everyone's recording little snippets and they're doing all that. And a lot of artists don't like that. I get it. But the smart venues, and the smart, smart uh, pro teams out there and, and leagues are actually taking advantage of this. Some of the stuff that the NBA, uh, or not the NBA, the uh, Major League Baseball and professional football is starting to make deals with some of these streaming services that it it's it promotes the event. It gives the people at home a sense of how cool it would be to attend this event because you can watch these little snippets from the audience and it encourages more people. It, it it boosts fandom. It's actually a good thing. Uh, so, you know, there's two sides to every story, I think almost. And this is one of those things that I I could see why some venues and, and performers would like this technology and be able to implement it. 
But it's just too much of a slippery slope. I don't think Apple's going to do it. I don't think Apple's going to cripple their own devices in this in such a way that would just the the feedback would just be so negative. Yeah, I agree. The only real sort of interesting cinema sort of concert footage I've ever seen has been what was the last thing I saw when Axl Rose has his breakdown when singing for ACDC or was it before that? No, it's for Chinese Democracy. Um, other than that, why would you want to try and get your phone out during a concert? Because whatever you record, it's just going to sound so blown out. You're going to be nudged by 15 million other people all trying to spill your pint or whatever you're Have drinking. you been to a concert recently, Mark? Have you seen the amount of people that still do it, though? Not since Electric Soft Parade were still together. Now, there's a reference. <laughs> yeah. Just go to any concert. In fact, I mean, no, the, the last of... concert I went to, now I remember, the iPhone didn't even exist. Well, there you go. Well, you also have to figure, everyone has, almost everyone has, a, a phone that has a really good camera in it, whether it's an Android phone or an iPhone, right? And everyone is constantly taking pictures. How often do these people actually go back and start looking through those photos? It, You're taking way too many photos nowadays. Way too many. You can never go through all those photos. But it's kind of a thing now. People just kind of document their lives as they go through it. And it's a concert. It's a it's a baseball game. It's a soccer match. Whatever it happens to be, it's rugby. People kind of want to record a, a, just a few minutes. They're not recording whole games, or most people aren't anyways, um, just to kind of document it. And they think they're going to look at this stuff. I'm, oh, I'm going to use iMovie and put a collage um, together later. Know, but do you know, Tim? I don't think they're even thinking that. I think they're just posting it on social to say, "Here we are." This, is, and then yeah, it'll just that stay does in happen. The memory. Yeah, yeah. They, and they do nothing with it. You're right. Well, although Facebook does have a cool thing that um, every day, as you scroll down, it shows your memories from on this day from yeah. previous years. Yeah, and I I really like that. There's stuff that pops up that like, oh, I forgot all about that, and I yeah. share that memory, or at least I see it. So in that respect, I'm kind of glad that I have this phone and I'm taking these pictures because it does remind me of the cool things that I did. But well, there's, there's been a few apps about that have done that in the past, but Path, I think, was one that yeah. did that sort of thing. And um, there's also another app that I started to uh, to use. I'll see if I can go through and say, Heyday, that's right, Heyday. That did a similar sort of thing. But you, you've actually got to do something, whereas obviously the likes of Facebook, if they capture it automatically and feed it back to you, then you come up with those little surprises and those memories. So, yep. much, much, I mean, Carl would love this because he's a big fan of Facebook, isn't he? So. He loves all the social And it's social not just your memory. It's not just your memories either, Gaz, because no. if someone took your picture and tagged you in that photo five yeah. years ago and it comes yeah. up on theirs, you see it in your Facebook timeline as well. And yeah. thus you are kind of, you know, coattailing on their memories. That's kind of neat as well. Yeah. It, coming, I mean, at least people like Jay-Z are going to be happy with this because you know, he doesn't want anyone playing his own music, not apparently even people who want to listen to it, because that's why he doesn't really say anything. It's just all on Tidal. Have you, has any of you tried well, Tidal? No. no, I have gone back to Spotify, but only because there was a free offer on, and I was trying this app called Pacemaker, where apparently it's supposed to mix your songs together. But since I've only got half of my songs on my phone, it doesn't quite go from Blues Brothers to Iron Maiden in a seamless sort of way, funnily enough. <laughs> 
Do you guys have any sort of uh, what take on the music theme? Do you guys have any sort of music automation apps or anything that mixes playlists together, or do you just sort of create your own playlists or use Apple Music? Um, I I tend to create my own playlists from this hoard of music that I've got, but I've, my daughters definitely have got into um, using Spotify and they've shared some of their playlists, uh, with me. And I've, I've kind of thinking, well, let's get into this Spotify. And I'm starting to use Spotify a little bit. I don't use Apple music, but I've certainly um, been using Spotify and yeah, finding it quite good actually. So, but the, the problem is I listen to far too many podcasts. I don't have time to listen to music. Yeah. If I'm listening to music, I, I create my own playlists, but more up, Occasionally, there might be a jet going over, like right now. There's a international balloon championship going on here in Battle Creek, Michigan, and the Thunderbirds, the Air Force Thunderbirds F-16s, are in town. So, um, I I create my own playlists, but if I'm listening to music and it's stuff that I kind of want to explore and it's not already on my phone, I've got a Sirius XM satellite radio on my car, so that's what I listen to. There used to be some good apps around for that Sirius XM, actually, didn't there? Uh... Yeah, there is, but I that takes data plans, and I, oh, you know, right. it costs me fifty dollars a month or something like that. So I just I turn it on, and but and my daughter's really into alt music right now, and there's a really good channel on there, and she is constantly pulling out my old uh, iPhone 4S that sh- that she uses. It's more of a glorified iPod Touch at this point. Uh, but she'll pull that out and write down, type in the uh, name of the songs that she's likes, or she'll use the camera to take a picture of the little display of the XM Sirius so she could find those later when she's at home. So you could say you have to be serious about music to spend that amount of money on a satellite radio station. So this episode is uh, the Essential Apple Shell Pun episode. <laughs> it's puntastic. It's puntastic. Uh, this is what happens when my co-hosts leave me into under my own steam, but we can stick with the uh, with the music side of things because we've got two stories now. Which, all right, yes, they have done been done a little bit to death, but earlier this week, Apple supplier Cirrus Logic, that used to make sound cards for the PC many years ago, have released a kit for creating lightning-based headphones ahead of the iPhone 7. Apple supplier Sirius Logic has announced a MFI headset development kit, a reference platform that is designed to help made-for-iPhone-slash-iPad-slash-iPod accessory makers quickly develop lightning-based headphones. I know there's been a lot said on this, but instead of focusing on the negative of why we don't want to change them, can any of you two good chaps come up with a reason why we would prefer to go with lightning instead of sticking with the now decades upon decades old 3.5 mil jack? Nope. <laughs> Moving on then. <laughs> I put this document uh, together get... thinking, oh, we've got loads to talk about here. <laughs> I know that Tim's not really a fan of this process. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, it's got blue, but Tim, you must have Bluetooth headphones. They're always renowned for massacring sound. Sure. Yeah. So, so, so the the question is then, Mark, are people that bothered about sound now? That against you know an audio file will go. What are you saying? And if these can bring great audio for those people, fantastic. But the, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people that are going to go. No, proper headphone port that's it i'm not buying one i'm not buying one and it's going to take a long time i think for this to get over it's it's 
it's such a ubiquitous port and yeah it's going to take a brave move for them to get rid of it it really is and it's going to upset a lot of people including tim i think it it doesn't make any sense is i've got cheap headphones and i've got extremely expensive audiophile headphones and what am i going to get audio wise plugging in a lightning connected pair of headphones that i can't get with my current headphones name one thing it's not going to make the headphones sound any better. It's not the only thing I won't be able to do is plug in a and charge my iPhone at the same time as I'm listening to music. It, it it's change for change's sake. It's it's so Apple can make the iPhone even thinner. Uh, it's it's purely for aesthetic reasons. There's no engineering reason to get rid of the headphone jack. Some people say, is, well, is that the case, Tim? Cause I have heard, yeah. uh, I have heard that actually the, the DAC coming through can be of a better quality. But if, if you're saying that that's actually not the case, then I agree with you. There's, there's actually no reason. All, all I, you're doing is creating a, an adapter marketplace. I, it, that's, it's exactly what's happening. And it's, it's a way for Apple to make even more money, um, with beats most likely. I get it from a business standpoint why they would want to do this, but it makes no sense at all. So now we're going to have a whole slew of headphones that only work with Apple devices. Really? Is that what we want? Oh, I've got this nice pair of headphones. I can only use it in my iPad and my iPhone. I can't plug it into my computer. I can't plug it into any other musical device that I might have. It only works with iOS. It makes zero sense. It's, it's completely dumb. And nobody's been able to give me a concrete, great reason why to change. And, I, you know, that's the challenge to Apple. Convince me, convince everyone that this is the way to go. I, you can't. I can give you a hundred really good reasons why this is a stupid idea. And all I'm asking is for one really great I, reason, or even a good reason, to get rid of the headphone jack. And people say, well, it'll make it thinner. Yeah, how, well, I'm, how, yeah, how thin I'm, do we need? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm not on that planet at all because uh, making it thinner, I'm sure, will actually then reduce the battery life, and then everybody's worrying about uh, making sure they've got enough charge to live through the day. And does just... anybody remember Ben Gate just a couple of years ago? <laughs> I mean, really, we need them even thinner. It, it it makes no sense unless unless Apple has followed Star Trek four and actually developed transparent aluminum. So, so, so there's no way these things can bend, oh, God, and they could just still. That's uh, or have they got liquid metal? Did that go by the by? Mm, I don't know. It's it, well, a lot of people are now complaining that their their those little keys that they use, which were supposed to be liquid metal, have changed back to the normal uh, aluminium that they use. Well, that's so what you'd get for one of them in the scrappy if you took it through to them. <laughs> probably not much. It probably doesn't weigh a lot, and that's how they go by weight. So just for the you. You know, you, you know your audio stuff about headphones. Can you just describe for the dullards uh, like myself what a DA, what a DAC does and what advantages it can give you in a decent set of headphones or a decent audio setup versus why it probably wouldn't make a jot of difference with the iPhone? Is that is that within your technical remit of knowledge of audio and headphones? Sure. Basically, when your iPhone is playing music, it's all digital. Well, a headphone is not digital. It's it's analog. So it has to convert a digital signal. 
And if you use a converter inside the iPhone that's really not very good, it does a pretty poor job of converting that signal to an audio signal that you can actually hear uh, analog. And And it has to do that conversion. The thing is, Apple's used really good DACs for a long time. And even if they didn't, you can buy an external DAC if you're that much of an audiophile. But remember, most people are listening to music on their iPhone if they're not using Bluetooth and they're just using Apple's headphones with really cheap headphones. So what's the difference? If they make the DAC a little bit better and it's a pure digital signal right to the eardrum, and it still won't be because it's still it still has to convert that, right? So what's the difference if you're listening to it on cheap headphones that Apple ships with every iPhone anyways? I mean, it makes no it 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 doesn't make any sense at all. If they wanted to give better audio quality, they should just supply a better set of headphones. But I've got to say, I didn't <laughs> think the Apple headphones were that bad. But then saying that, I went out and bought a set of uh, what they called brainwaves delta with an ios control on it because i've decided that i can't live without a set of headphones that doesn't have the up down and stop start the call and everything and they're not too bad but this is only because i'm coming from a different aspect than you tim that i've never had uh, a good set of headphones i've only ever had one good set of speakers so i don't know if they were actually any good because they, they just sounded better than the tin boxes that i've been using previously so for a lot of people they're probably going to go well what's the what is like you said what is the big idea so is there anything you could think of that if apple did go lightning only tim that you would go okay i'm sold is there one thing is there one fe- feature that you can think of that you would say right yep okay i'm sold on it Radio, Gaz, bail me out. Well, but, well, how can I, I can't bail you out because if, if I could bail you out, I'd probably be under NDA. Uh, and if I could bail you out, I'd probably be working for Apple. I, no, the, the, only, the only feature is to be able to make the, the phone thinner. Now, if they're going to create a phone which is actually like a foil so you can unwrap it and then you, you can, you're not going to want a lightning connector anyway. So I, th- there's no advantage that I can see for all of those people, those millions upon millions of people that have got, as, as Tim says, crappy headphones or even not so crappy headphones adjusting to this is i just can't see it's going to give you any advantage and and what happens when you want to charge it you've got to have a pull through i, it, I just don't understand it I, I really don't understand it or what I've, about I've got no idea what about stereo speakers or a slight if they kept the same size a slightly bigger battery or what, something what else? do you mean stereo speakers what do you mean on the phone itself yeah so they take that space that was well, going to be there and shove another speaker in like they did with the the ipad they've actually got like the you know they've got the gap around the speaker so that air can move uh, for i tell you here's the only advantage i can see here's the only advantage that i can see it may give them the advantage to be able to make it more waterproof that's the only thing that i can see it doing because you've got less orifices to uh, to obviously plug as it were uh, and to waterproof that's the only advantage that i can see out of doing this there you go i did try i did try that is about the only advantage it, it would definitely make it more waterproof but Again, water getting into the lightning connector, you know. 
Yeah, it's whether they can then obviously seal that 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 connection area and make it makes it easier to do that. I don't know. I don't. But then you've got your speakers, so then they wouldn't put extra speakers on there because then you're creating more of a you know an ingression area for water. That's the only thing that I can think of, Mark. So unless you can come up with something different, then and and actually I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind because how many t- <laughs> you live in Britain, don't you, Mike? Well, you live in Wales. Crikey, how many times do you get the phone out and it's it's raining? our own country. It's a it's our, not a principality. <laughs> it's a country. I've had to read that today. <laughs> yep. So there you go. Well, then, chaps, I think what we'll do, we'll take a quick break here and we'll go over to, well, it's one of Tim's lot. It's Mr. John Nemo from the MyMac.com website with another Nemo's hardware store. And this week, John's got to round up some interesting bits and bobs from ADATA. So, John, over to you. Our friends at ADATA, that's A-D-A-T-A, have two exciting and versatile items here for us at Nemo's Hardware Store. The first is a flash drive that's reversible. You slip it into the housing one way, and it's USB 3.1 with the blue tip, and you pull it out of the housing, turn around the other way, and it's a USB-C. So it's literally a reversible flash drive. Very, very small and handy. Don't lose it. The one we have for review is 64 gigabytes. It's extremely fast. It moves data in and out of a standard computer USB port and into or out of the new MacBook, the 12-inch MacBook's USB-C port at very, very quick speeds. We will have the links for this and our prices at the end of the episode. On the website, it's called the UC350 USB Type-C. So excuse the confusion in the names. But when you look at the link, you'll be able to see how it works and it describes it and it's got some nice pictures and it shows how it can even be attached to your keychain. So ADATA has done it again. So I give this a very, very strong recommendation. I'm going to have it with me wherever I go, especially when I know I'm going to be working both with a standard USB port and with a USB-C port on the new MacBook 12-inch and who knows where we'll be seeing that USB-C port in the future. The second item is extremely versatile for iOS. It's called the A-Data Card Reader with Lightning Connector. Two-way transfer supports SD and micro SD made for iPod, iPhone, iPad. It's a card reader at one end, which is about an inch by an inch and a half. And then coming out of that is a couple of inches of flexible white cable with a lightning tip at the other end. So it's basically a hybrid. It's lightning at one end and SD and micro SD. It has two slots in it at the other end. You put your data onto your card, your SD or micro SD card from your computer by putting that in the slot on your computer on a Macintosh or you could load it from a micro SD if you were using a special adapter. Anyway, you get your data, your music, your songs, your videos, your pictures, documents, whatever you want onto your card. Then you take the card out of your computer Put the SD card into the slot on the A-Data device. Then you plug the other end, the lightning tip, into your iPhone or iPad. And then, I'm going to do this right now in real time, take my iPhone out of my pocket. I plug it in to my iPhone. It automatically launches an app called PowerDrive. That's a free app that I got from the iOS App Store. And then immediately, memory card is displayed lower left on the interface. There's lots of other things you can do like backing up and Wi-Fi transfer and all this other stuff. I'm not too concerned about that right now. I think it's brilliant that you can use an SD card from a Macintosh and then within seconds, you're looking at the contents of that card. So now I'm looking at the notes that I'm leaving for my house sitter. I've got an episode 
of a podcast. I've got some photographs and some music. Okay, thank you very much. Basically, it's real easy to use. You transfer your data onto the card using your computer, insert the card into the reader, insert the reader into your phone or your pad, you launch the app, and boom, you are looking at the contents within a file structure system. Because remember, you don't have any file structure on your iOS device. So this is a hybrid device that has done a beautiful job. I'm having a little difficulty as I'm recording this getting the pricing from the A-Data site. So I will get that information to Mark, and he will add this after I send him the audio file. But well done, A-Data, on the Type-C flash drive with the USB 3.1 at the other end, and on the two-way transfer card reader with lightning connector. Plus, I'm also using one of the SD cards provided by the A-Data company, and that really reads and writes very quickly. Thanks for listening. Until next week, that's it for Nemo's Hardware Store. Once again, John, as always, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule for MyMac.com to review the bits and bobs from A-Data. And of course, you can find all of this, all the information and links to the products via our website, including some Amazon links. And yes, it's time for the big sell. I do this every week. And as you know, by now, you shop at Amazon, you can help us and support the show just by clicking our link. Shopping at Amazon. You don't need to tick a box. You don't need to sign up for anything. You don't have to pay anything extra. You don't have to do anything at all. Then click our affiliate link, which is on the show notes of this very podcast, or over on EssentialApple.com. Click that, go to Amazon, check out, and we get a very, very small amount of commission for whatever you buy. So, chaps, did you see the next story then, or does anyone even care about the mock-up or the purported leak of the Lightning AirPods? <laughs> I had to look. There is no <laughs> way on God's green earth Apple would let anything is chaffy. Is that a word you're familiar with, Tim? Oh, of course. They went, it, it, oh, it, no. If I, why don't I even put this in the show notes? <laughs> Well, I think you've put it in for a comedy piece, haven't you? Really? That's. I might as but well that's what's going to happen. People are going to do that. That's, you know. It even just looks like a bad Photoshop. It just. When you look at it, it just looks like, oh, yeah, I've just got a bit of circuit board and a lightning connector and just stop. Well, I hate myself. I hate myself for putting this article in. <laughs> I thought, I'm not even going to link to the website. In fact, I'm not even going to put it in the show. I might even just edit all this out. Let's go on to something. Flipping slightly more interesting. Let's go and let's go a bit third base, shall we? Third base, third world, new world, new realm. Off topic. I don't know. Anyway, Apple has been granted another patent for controlling the Apple TV user interface using 3D real-time in-air gestures. This is over on the patently Apple website where the report illustrates how the 3D interface could be used to advance the iMac. Why is it saying iMac, not Apple TV? What is wrong with these people? Clickbait headlines. With a gazed enhanced virtual touch screen. With the update, with we updated. Let's try that one again. Right. Anyway, let's go on to another story where Apple has been granted a patent for controlling Apple TV's user interface using real-time 3D, real-time inner gestures. Let's try that one again. <laughs> try saying that after a few drinks. The patent illustrates how a 3D interface could be used to advance the iMac with a gaze-enhanced virtual touchscreen. It's similar to the HP Spring computer where physical objects could be scanned into the system to be part of a 
This actually, hang on. Have I got my story mixed up? Sorry, guys. They've cocked this story up. Right, I've got it. Let's go on to the next story then, chaps, where Apple has been granted another patent for controlling the Apple TV interface using 3D real-time gestures, something akin to the Microsoft Kinect or the Wii U, or what was that other thing that was on Kickstarter, which was like a small block that went in front of your screen and you could wave your hand in front of your Mac or your PC, and it looked really, really popular until no one could find any practical use for it. Well, that's, I mean, if you look at Microsoft, when they first announced the Xbox One, the Kinect was such a integral part of it. You could control your TV and this, that, and the other, and look how cool it is, and nobody uses it, nobody cares. And Microsoft has pretty much quietly dropped the whole Kinect thing out of Xbox One. Is Apple really interested in this, or does this kind of go back to what I was saying earlier about Apple patent stuff because one of their engineers came up with the idea and they want to make sure nobody else is going to make money off of this? I think that's probably what this is. I don't think anybody wants to be waving their hands at their TV to do stuff. But I'm I'm interested in the fact that they've actually been granted a patent for this because I would have thought there would have been a patent in place already for this sort of gesture control. Well, the, the 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 U.S. patent system is completely screwed up to begin oh, with. So, yes, I, I forgot. Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yes, I, I I completely forgot about that, Tim. Hi, Wilma. Hi, Wilma. Can you guys hear the uh, jets? Yeah, yes, and it's great <laughs> background music, Tim. I, I, just tell everyone I'm in Iraq <laughs> or Afghanistan. <laughs> There must be something about it because we had um, in our neck of the woods. We had two F-15 fighters that we bought from the Americans going over the office today, doing a bit of uh, mock bombing runs and dog fighting and all that. Who said it was a mock? True. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a hell of a show to edit together. I'm going to try not to craft something out of this. <laughs> I think like all of Apple's patents, some of them sound good in theory, but I don't want to be flapping my hands when I'm watching TV. No, wait, that sounds a bit wrong. I don't want to be doing any wild gesticulation. <laughs> no. Ah, that sounds wrong. I Keep don't going. want to be using Paddling. gestures only than my wrist hand for no, no. from remote control. <laughs> Look, I, I, I think this is what, to get you out of the hole. Mark, I think this is exactly what Tim said. It's 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 their own protectionism um, because I much prefer. I don't know about you, but I much prefer shouting at my uh, Apple device to tell the TV what to do. I don't want to stand up and start waving at it. Now, from a gaming perspective, it might be useful. It's quite good fun still to play the Nintendo Wii with you know some of the gestures on that remote. You know, might be good fun on that part, but. You know, that's not really, you know, a long-term visionary thing, is it? So I think it's just to protect themselves if they want to come out with any games along these lines. I think it's one of these things that it, it's, it was a fad for a little while, kind of like 3D TVs and stuff, but it, it goes away. It, it's just a fad. It's It never really grips us like a, a, a touch screen or something like that. It, it's it, It's... Apple's just protecting themselves in the future. That that's all this is. They, I don't think. I think Apple's way too smart to realize, or to think that we want to be waving our hands in front of our TV to to swap, swipe up and down, and it, we don't want that. If it could recognize someone walking into a room and turn off all the soaps and all the trash reality TV based on me walking into a room and 
me sticking two fingers up at the telly. I'd be up for that sort of implementation. But other than that, um, Gans, you said that you like to speak to your TV via Siri. Do you do? <laughs> is that a regular occurrence for you, or do you just do it for well, the novelty it, of it? No, no, no. Actually, it has become more of a, a regular occurrence. There, funnily enough, though, there was a program um, on the other night, or we were trying to search for this particular film, see whether it was on um, iTunes Movie Selection, and um, it wouldn't come up. It kept coming up with a, a variant and couldn't understand me. So my daughter said, uh, use a funny accent, Dad. And I did. I did a broomy accent, and it recognised it. <laughs> <laughs> Which was really <coughs> funny, really funny. No, it, it's much easier just to use the device, pick, you know, press the button and tell tell it what you want to find rather than typing it all out and all that malarkey. You don't want to do that. No, it still that's, that's doesn't work hard. with Plex, though. Well, yeah. now, yeah, yes, absolutely. I've, I've been trying think... to get it to open Plex, not actually to search Plex. Well, you got to remember that Apple is releasing the APIs for Siri and... Plex is a, a prime example because it's such a ubiquitous uh, technology at this point. It's on everything, and it's fantastic. I use Plex all the time. Um, they will embrace it. They will. They will start using this on their Apple TV, on the iPhone, the iPad. It'll be everywhere, including the Mac because Mac's getting Siri too. Um, it will use it if it's if it makes sense for a, a vendor or a software developer to use voice commands, they're going to jump all over this. I relish a time where I can talk to my watch more and make it do something cool so I don't look a little bit random holding a phone call on my wrist when I've forgotten my headphones. Or my favourite thing is walking out of the office and bringing my fist up, wrist up to my face and going, Siri, start a one-hour timer. And everyone looks at me as if to say, well, why don't you just use your phone? And I go, because I've got a watch. And then they look at me and move slowly away into the corner and go, okay, enjoy your lunch. I don't think it's because you're talking to your phone. <laughs> it's like having Carol think, on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, I think, you know, again, it's ubiquity of, of these processes. And once in a few years' time, nobody will be blinking twice. But we all will be shouting at each other to shut up because we can't hear the conversations that we're trying to have over our devices. That's the thing. What happens when the phones start picking up each other? So you could be there. <laughs> That's so, what, so the phone starts having conversation with each other. Yes, yes. In fact, I would try that. We're just, on. we're just a conduit to actually owning the device, so it can talk to another device. Yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah, we are going to be too totally um, superfluous soon, aren't we, as human beings? Speaking of human beings, our next story is about a chap who is suing Apple for. Let's have a look here. Sorry. Speaking of human beings, our next story is about a human being suing Apple for more than $10 billion for alleged copyright infringement on iOS devices. A Florida resident is taking Apple to court for copying his latest 2 designs for the iPhone, iPad and iPod. Apparently he came up with the designs 15 years before the invention of any devices. And having a look at them... It's got a screen. It's got a keyboard. Um, go, please, sir, I've got my hand up, sir. Please, sir, back of the class, sir. Please. Go on, guys. Uh, where's he been for the last ten years? Well, you had to make sure that Apple made enough money so it would be worth his time. <laughs> I 
it's, it's like those Precisely. stupid people. That, uh, the uh, who was that other company? I didn't put this in because I already hated myself for the other story. The company that are jumping on the FaceTime um, deal that they're Vertex. That's the people who are suing Apple because apparently it's irreparably damaged sales to their app, an app that they only released in 2015, I think it was. No, Apple didn't sabotage that app. Your app was just a steaming big pile. Um, <laughs> this will be in the show notes because it's like those... Do you guys remember those old Nokia phones that were about the size of a normal house brick, a UK house brick, not an American mortar block, where you could open it up and you had a big keyboard at the bottom and a big screen at the top? No, that will be me then. Yes, yes. Yes, no, I remember it. I, I tried to forget about it as quickly as I could. But this guy is saying on this phone, on this phone, it's got solar cells, a speaker, optional, microphone, optional, a three and a half inch disc drive, a rechargeable battery, a page forward, numerical phone type keyboard in 1992. Uh, what else we got? Antenna that sticks out. How old, do we know how old this guy is? No, it doesn't have that on there. Funnily enough, you would think he would have sued Apple for the Newton. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or Palm Pilot. I yeah, mean, definitely. Yeah, well, there's lots of companies he could choose. Uh, yeah, yeah. We know. We we know where this is going. And, well, he uh, didn't get the he didn't get the patent. I mean, he didn't he didn't he couldn't afford the fees at the time. Oh, right. So the so, only thing he got was the technical drawing. Ah, right. So he's got. So he's suing them for uh, um for uh, an idea. Yeah. That he's now telling everyone he's got. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I in some respects, I can kind of understand this because. In 1999, uh, I recorded a little bit of audio. It was about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I sent it to the entire MyMac staff at the time. And I described in audio format an MP3, music at the beginning, uh, advertising possibly, talking about the latest things going on in Apple. I, Mark, I think you owe me money. <laughs> Yeah, well, we owe you quite a lot as well. Oh, no, it's that's fine. I'll pay it's, you it's, back. It is, I'll tell you what I'll do. It is. I can't afford it, but what I'll do is I'll pay you back with exposure on the website. There you go. There you go. I'll take it. Um, but, I, I mean, realistically, uh, you, you, you can trademark ideas to a certain extent, but, I mean, I, I came up with the idea for podcasting five years before podcasting was invented. That doesn't mean I could sue somebody. You know, it's it's ridiculous. And I, by the way, I still have the audio. I didn't. Someone sent it to me on the staff. Russ Walkowicz sent it to me and said, hey, do you remember this? And I totally didn't remember. And I used copyright music. See, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> See there's your downfall. Uh, yeah. You, f yeah. you forgot about it. <laughs> but it, but it is, but it is uh, proof of prior art. That's important. We've all had those ideas, though, where... We've gone, oh, I thought of that ages ago, and I wish I'd put a patent in, or I wish I'd designed or gone on Dragon's Den, or any look, of those look, stupid I can, reality TV I can to I can, I can totally, totally see Tim's point. I can totally see this guy's point. I'll just go back to putting my hand up earlier. Where's he been for the last 10 years? Yeah. he, he it's a, This is just a classic money grab. Unfortunately, there's really no consequences for people in the United States to – do stuff like this. Yeah. If if they put some more protections in the law that if you bring a frivolous lawsuit, you're responsible for the legal fees incurred by the people you bring the frivolous lawsuit against, 
it would get rid of a lot of this crap. It would, unfortunately, get rid of some of the guys that, like, for instance, the guy who invented the time-delayed wipers, right? Uh, he eventually sued Ford and GM and Chrysler and won millions of dollars because they stole his idea. He showed it to them. He couldn't come up with a an agreement with them that would work, and so they just went and invented it without him. They totally stole the idea. He took them to court, and he won. But it took a long time, and he wouldn't have done that, and he wouldn't have even thought about taking them to court had there been a penalty bringing frivolous lawsuits. Now, was his invention a frivolous, or would, would that have been a frivolous lawsuit? No. But can you take that chance, knowing when you're going after a company like Apple or GM or whoever, that's going to spend $20 million on their legal defense, and you're going to be on the hook for that? You, you couldn't do it. So it... It's a slippery slope. I mean, Apple can afford the lawyers. They'll win this case easily. They'll probably be getting tossed out way before it even gets in front of a jury. But, you know, I don't know. It's a slippery slope. Let's face it. Apple has been... If Apple were going to rip something off, they would do it properly. Let's look at what they did with the the clock on the iPhone, where they had to pay... Who's it? Switzerland or the, the Swiss yeah, clock yeah, manufacturer? Yes. Yeah, no, it's the Swiss Railway, I think, that actually owns that patented yeah, um, right, yeah. clock design or something like that, I think. Well, yeah, and they had to pay up for it. That's fine. If the law was fair, this wouldn't be a problem, but there's money involved, so it will never be fair. But that's a whole, whole different topic for a whole different podcast. You know what? We've only got one more story to go. This is going to be like the shortest podcast ever, considering Carl starts the show every week going, right, need to keep it less than an hour this week. <laughs> and what's going to happen? I'll tell you what, Mark, if you get this podcast under an hour, then, which I think you might, then what's the, what's, what's the, the you know, the common factor in you going over an hour? <laughs> Moving on to our next story. <laughs> That's me never coming on again. <laughs> well, no, it might be the opposite. You might be filling in a little bit more often. <clears throat> uh, I've been wanting to cover some uh, iOS 10 stuff the last few weeks. Now the dust is settled, we're starting to see a few more unique features that, aren't, that weren't just displayed at WWDC. iOS 10 beer offers up prioritized app downloads. A Reddit user by the name of Knight underscored has discovered that iOS 10 beta 1 allows users to prioritize app downloads by utilizing the 3D touch capabilities of the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus, a feature that's going to make a lot of iPhone users happy. Basically, if you're updating a load of apps, when you've clicked on update all, you'll be able to press and hold and say prioritize, and apparently it's going to bump it to the top of the queue. No word on how many you can bump to the top of the queue, what actually happens, but it looks like it might be handy for those of you like me who don't turn on automatic updates. I'd like to know exactly what the changes are, even if they do hide behind this veil of bug fixes and miscellaneous fixes, which is only because they want you to remember to use the app. Let's face it, it's nothing major. You know, the thing is, it's kind of already there. Let's say there's 10 apps that need to be updated, right? And there's one that you really want right now. You just simply click update, and once it starts, you click update all, since that one's already started, it's got priority. 
I'm a genius. <laughs> Hold on to that idea and you'll be able to claim for yeah. it in about five years' <laughs> time. I'm patenting it. It's patented. <laughs> Write it down on a bit of paper with something that vaguely looks like what the idea you, is now and you'll be sound. You, you, can actu- you can actually do this with two. Start one, start the second one, and then hit update all. <laughs> I, I am so smart. That is my second <laughs> worth of chirp. <laughs> Guys, anything on iOS 10 that you've heard of, read of, that's kind of caught no. your fancy? In fact, same to you, Tim. No, it, for, uh, I'm, it's going to be very short and easy for me. No, basically, I I don't like listening to all this stuff until it actually hits me and I can start using it. It's like 3D Touch. I heard a lot about it beforehand, and I'm only just starting to really find how useful it is, like when I'm taking a selfie with my camera. <laughs> Dark mode. Yeah. I, I, yes, dark mode. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 lots of bits which will which will appear and um, I'll utilise when it comes to me. I, I'm basically Mark, just an end user. I'm afraid. You know, I I used to really stay on top of what's coming up in the next version. I don't anymore. I I don't want it. It's kind of like I don't want to know what I'm getting for Christmas before I open my presents, right? Um, when I upgrade to iOS 10, when it comes out. I kind of want to be pleasantly surprised and kind of discover some of this stuff for myself. Uh, look, 90% of the new features in iOS 10, I'm probably never going to use, so I don't care. Uh, and I'm not going to sit there and watch a 20-minute video of some guy showing me a, a beta of what's going on with it. I don't care. But I like that discovery. I like that. That's really the only thing I, I get out of that's exciting to me anyways, that when iOS or the macOS is updated, look at these cool new things it can do and discovering it for myself. To me, there, there's a, there's a priority of happiness for me discovering those things. And once I've discovered everything that I would naturally discover on my own a couple weeks later, then I'll kind of go in and look at some of the other things and go, Oh, I didn't know I could do that too. That's cool. But I like that discovery phase. I, I like that surprise factor. I will say, Mark, that I'm actually looking forward to all the APIs that have been brought up in in the apps, both uh, on the Mac and on iOS, because I think then it, it really makes the app developer's job really quite interesting. And I think we'll see some great apps from that. I can't wait to do the test where when I do reach a major conurbation that does have an Uber, does have a table-like in book, <laughs> that I can actually book an Uber to take me to and from... <laughs> Somewhere to eat or drink. I want to do that test in the real world and actually document it and record it to see how it actually goes. There's, there's no way it's going to be that simple and that seamless because the last time I ordered an Uber, um, I was outside a travel lodge and I might as well have not bothered because I go and he says, a taxi goes, where are you? I'm outside a travel lodge. What travel lodge? The one on the map. Oh, well, I'm there now. I'm going, no, you're not. I'm outside the travel lodge. Well, what road name are you on? And there's no road signs. And the map didn't help at all. And yes, admittedly, I was a little bit tipsy. Um, <laughs> but it took me, uh, but the second upper guy found me no problem at all. So that's going to be the real world test. When I go to London for the next Mac and Forth Fest, or if we hold one in Bristol or Cardiff, the uh, location yet to be decided, can it get me to my hotel and then to the pub, all from using the Maps app. That's going to be the real test. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll wait, we'll wait to you know listen to that test when you put it out as, as <laughs> an, an essential show special. This, uh, I, I think it should be in video. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of video, yeah. we're still yeah. waiting for the the Mountain and the Barton to do the Tesla uh, road trip video for us. Oh uh, yes, I yeah, I'm looking forward to that actually. There we are. So if you're listening over there, if you want to just give them a gentle reminder on the Google Plus or the Facebook or the Twitter or the website, please do because I want an, I want to see a real sort of geek sort of someone going in there, not just describing all oh, yeah the talks and the power and everything like. What's the screen like? What's it like to drive? What's it like going up a hill? Does it use any more juice going up a hill? Um, can you sync your iPad to it or your iPod to it or your phone to it? All that sort of really geeky stuff. I don't want to see, well, basically the this version of Top Gear. I mean, as we've got a little bit of time, we're not going to hit the hour mark. You guys be watching a new version of Top Gear? Any thoughts? Ugh. Ugh. I, you know, I liked the first episode. Really? Ugh. It's funny. Yeah, I kind of did, but I, I I didn't even finish the last one, the last episode. I got about halfway through, and I'm just like, I don't care. And could you make, please, could you make the celebrity portion of the show any freaking longer, please? Oh, but listening to an episode of this show when Carl gets on one, it just seems to go on. I've I I didn't like the first one. I'm quite enjoying it now. I'm getting used mm. to it. It's uh, I've got to agree with you. Uh, yeah, the, the the celebrity bit's a bit too long. Uh, Chris but, Chris Evans is a I, jerk. I don't like but, him at all. Yeah. I, I and I here's the thing. I thought I would like him, and I I wouldn't. I couldn't stand Matt LeBlanc in it. I was like, ugh, really? It's the, the opposite. Yeah, it's and and I know there's rumors right now that Matt LeBlanc saying he's not coming back for another season. Unless Chris Evans is gone. And you know what? After watching the episodes that I have, I'm kind of with him. Yep. I completely agree with you on that. And it's, it's just all the, the thing is, as well, like there was so, there was all these complaints about him shouting, and now he's dulled, dulled it down. And now he's dulled it down. You just go, you just haven't got the, the gravitas or the impetus that the other, you know, the Clarks and Main Hammond have. And you know, I I'll tell you what shot. I do watch. I tell it's you what I do watch and what I do like. It's the extra gear. Now, I like those two guys. I couldn't tell you their names at the moment, Rory. but I'm quite enjoying the extra. Yeah, Rory and oh, oh, one's a racer and one's just a presenter. But you know the problem? Actually, they're probably quite good. I haven't seen it, but you know what they remind me of when they're on Top Gear? It's a more expensive version of Fifth Gear. That's all it is. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah see well, that. If you what well, if you yeah do you have you watched the extra gear though? No, Mark. No, watch the extra gear because they're they're much better when it's just the two of them and they're they're getting on with it so it's, you know what it is chris evans acts like he deserves to be there even though i don't think he's he's earned the chops to be there as the host matt leblanc has a an energy of being exciting and being excited to be there that it's still kind of new to him he he's bringing a freshness of he's not really familiar with the uk uh he really doesn't know where one thing is that relates to where he's currently at. So uh, it, it's, it's just a different take. And I think he's really good. I just think Chris Evans is just an ass. He just, he comes across as ha, this is my gig now. And I totally deserve it. Cause I'm awesome. And he's not, he just comes across as an arrogant prick. And some people would say, well, wasn't that kind of Clarkson's thing? Yeah. But his was a, a lovable, arrogant prickness that everybody enjoyed. You kind of knew he was in on the fact that he was saying stuff to wind people up because he knew he could say something stupid and, you know, the left and he just didn't care. would go, oh, well, that's disgraceful. Well, but, but Clarkson didn't care. That's that's the difference. He he generally didn't care if he pissed people off. It, it's it's not that he went out of his way to do it, but if he did, oh, well, it's just who he is. But 
<laughs> this new guy just he, he just seems so arrogant and so I don't know, condescending a little bit. Like he's like he's he's try. I tell you what, Tim. He's a, a, if you listen to his radio shows, he's really good. Really enjoy those. Totally enjoy those. And I think he's actually trying too hard on here. He's not a great. I, I used to watch what what was it? TFI Friday. Don't used forget to do, your Mark, toothbrush right? and don't forget your toothbrush. Don't, yeah, and and those it wasn't too bad. Because, um, I mean, there's quite a bit of him on those as well. It wasn't too bad, but it was a much more relaxed. And I think he's just trying too hard. Um, yeah. But I totally agree with what you're saying um, from his attitude, definitely. Yeah. I, I, they need to replace him. I personally think it works better with three main co-hosts that are always on the show. I don't like the rotating I thing. The German last um Sabine Schmidt. Oh, she's brilliant. She's brilliant. She's brilliant. And it's it's very funny to listen to the English English being spoken in the German way. But I don't know. She just sort of somehow makes it work in the context of the whole Top Gear episode. Because, well. yeah, because she's generally relaxed, though, isn't she? That's the thing again. You know, we're getting back to the fact that she's quite relaxed in that. She's not trying to prove anything. Whereas I think, I think Chris is trying to make the show what it was before, and I don't think he should. He should just make it his own his own show and just relax a bit more. I, I, um, but you know, I mean, I really enjoyed. I mean, it sounds weird, but I really enjoyed Matt LeBlanc driving the Rolls Royce. Which is something preposterous, you know, like an American driving a Rolls Royce, and he didn't really say much or do much, but you kind of got the sense of he was taking it all in and enjoying the ride, and there was no. Yeah, but when he would say something like "This is really nice," yeah, you got the impression that you know what that is really nice to drive, and his his comedic timing is so much He's better than everybody dry. else on the show. Yeah, it's very dry. yeah, I mean like when the guy didn't like the uh the hood ornament and he just pushed a button and it was gone. Just the his his facial expressions like it's gone. He's just so much better on the show and yeah. I'm I'm quite amazed. I really am. And because most people remember him from Friends. I've watched him on a show called Extras when he's actually working with uh two English actors on that show. Yeah. Um I just think he's doing a great job. They just got to get rid of Chris Evans. And honestly, I think what's going to happen is they're going to get rid of Matt and they're going to keep Chris. And on that bombshell, let's go over to <laughs> Worth a Chirp. This week, I'm going to go with a hint that Tim has just given me before we started the show that if, like this show, you might make the old occasional mishap or misstep or you might need to re-record something you don't have your software plugged in that will let you drop an audio marker or a pen or a silent keyboard but what you can do if you want to set a, a time stamp for some audio recording is use your iphone and use the timer and then set a lap for every time you made a mistake uh, that'll be number 99 there we go and then you've got a reference for the point in time in the audio to go back to Stopwatch. That's the word that I meant. Stopwatch, lapse, audio, recording, mistakes, logged, job done. Gaz, IQ option. I Yeah, this, this is a little bit tongue-in-cheek, I suppose, with what's happening in the UK at the moment. But somebody at work actually mentioned this to me, and I've, I've taken a bit of an interest. Now, this is going to cost you money. It could cost you your house. So just be careful, will you? Because it's uh, an app, an app on your phone uh, and a service. Oh, which allows this. Oh, oh no. really? This is one of those things <laughs> that pops up. All the, 
Oh, go on. No, 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 no. It, well, it, well, it may pop up all the time, but this one's been recommended to me by one of my finance guys, actually, at work. So I've taken a look, and I'm, I might just jump in and have a look at this and give it a go. It's it's about trading. Uh, it's an app for trading. Go over, just download the app. It's free anyway. You can see what the trade's doing. You can get you know guides on it and uh, uh, watch the video. Good fun. Bit tongue in cheek. Um, as I said at the start, with what's happening in the UK, this but, is one of those you know, things. I've got to, I've got to pay for my pension. I've got to pay for my pension somehow. Now all that money's gone down the drain. It's Thanks. all back <laughs> to normal. The euro is back to how it is before all this started. Really, no, no. really, you obviously don't work in a large organisation, Mark. Or if you do, you keep well away from the finance. I work in my own little world, which is many, many yes. continents and many places to go. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, go and give it a, a chirp. It's worth a chirp. It's worth a chirp. Come on. It's this worth is a one chirp. of those things that when you go to some less than reputable sites, it goes. I earned a million pounds by doing binary trading. Ah, uh, no, this doesn't. <coughs> no, this doesn't do that at all. This doesn't do that at all because it I've says seen plenty the of those. Number one binary options trading app in twenty eight countries. Uh, well, you know, there you go. That's probably because it's the only one that's reasonable. Ah, oh, right, I see what you mean. It's like it's not a spammy app. It's actual right. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. I'm going to do a test. I'm going to raid the piggy bank for $10 and see how much I make in a week. Now, I've done this. Yeah, don't forget, you've got to make the right decision still, Mark. It's not going to make money for you unless oh. you make the right decision. So hang on, this relies on me to make the right decision. So I'm buggered then. <laughs> I think we both ought to do it, and then we can see how much the the other one's made, and just with that ten dollars. Right, in two weeks' time, then we'll have you back on the show, even if it's only for a segment, and we'll see how well we've done. And bearing in mind, okay. Mister Hoity Toity Pants over there has got friends in the stock exchange. You're going, oh yes, one of my financial advisor friends advised me to get this. Whereas pokey old little me in a shack by the sea. He's going to have to go outside now and sell pot plants to raise $10 to pay for this app. Wait a minute. If you both are going to invest $10, why don't you pull that money together and you could probably buy all the the BlackBerry stock. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's go and actually, let's just go while well, we've got a bit of time. And whilst I'm looking at the BlackBerry stock rate, uh, Tim, have you got a worth a chip for us? I do. I was, you know, I was going to say... A game just came out. My son's playing the crap out of it. It's called uh, Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens. I actually did this six ninety nine in app purchase and locked the whole thing. He's playing it a lot. But here's the thing: if people listen to Tech Fan at all, and I don't know why you would, but if you did, you'll hear me talking about classic gaming all the time. I like arcades and stuff like that. And there's a game I've been playing for a couple weeks now on my iPad and on my iPhone. Unfortunately, they don't sync up, but. I love this game. If you do, you guys remember the old Bomberman game? Oh yes, I loved Bomberman. I, I, I it, to me, it's just one of those great games that kind of sucks you in. It's really easy to figure out very quickly, but yet it's kind of difficult to master, especially as you start progressing through the game. I decided maybe two weeks ago. Is there a bomb? I know they don't make the official Bomberman for iOS, but is there a game like that? So I did a search on the App Store and I downloaded like three games. Two of them sucked, but the one that I kept that I'm playing just a ton of is called Bomber Friends. Now it's ad supported. I haven't unlocked it, um, so I see ads probably every fourth or fifth level, and I can live with that. I don't care. 
I'm not going to pay for it, at least not yet. But I've probably played 70 levels so far, and it's still going strong. It's still I still have a whole lot of uh, levels to go. And it's exactly what I – it's Bomberman. But you can level up your character. You can it, – it's just so much fun. I, I'm kind of addicted to it right now. Is that by Hypercanny? Uh, I don't know. I'm looking at it on my iPad. Uh, let me launch it. And I could tell you. Well, are you looking at it? Does it show like a little guy in a uh, orange an suit? Or- yeah, orange that's suit it. With a bomb. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's yep. That's it. Bomber friends it, by Hypercanny. Now you could play multiplayer on here too. I haven't even I haven't even looked at that aspect. I'm still playing single player, and I'll be honest, I'm not going to play multiplayer because I'll get killed. Somebody will be so much better than me. But it's a fun game. It's just it's one of those you pick it up, you play it for five minutes, you get past a level. And put it down, and you come back to it a couple hours later and do another level. It's it's one of those pick up and play, but it's it's exactly like Bomberman was. I just really enjoy it. Cool. And just trying to find the link now. In fact, there's a really good website uh, uh, podcast I've called got the Retro one. Gamer. Go on, go on, guys. Uh, well, uh, no, I'm just saying I've got one. I've got the link for you, so which I can throw in there or send you send you on Skype. So fantastic. And it's free to download. So I mean, you can anybody could download it and play it. And if you like it as much as I did or do, you can do the in-app purchase to remove the ads, and honestly, I probably will. I've been playing it so much. I have this uh, compulsion that if I use something a lot, yep. I, I feel like I should give them some money because, look, they're getting they're getting money from us right now, Gaz, by showing us the ads. I get that. But it's not as much as if I spend the five or six bucks to unlock it and you know get rid of the ads. But it's a full version. It, it's not crippling anything with the ads. That's cool. I'm going to give that a try. I'm going to, I, I do I, you'll like it. I'm, I do the same. I've recently started getting back into my retro gaming. There's a brilliant podcast called the Retro Gamer Podcast, which is a UK podcast. Yeah, I listen podcast. to that. And also, in fact, Tim, I need your advice. I'm into my retro gaming, and I'm a little bit addicted to sensible soccer. What uh-huh. game plans can you recommend that's not going to break the bank? Mm. A new console or... No, this is... I'm uh, running because UAE. Be- so I'm running uh, an Amiga emulator with Sensible, sensible mm. World of Soccer. And try as I might, the Apple Bluetooth keyboard does not make for a good gaming experience. Yeah, I would probably look at uh, uh, the wired Xbox 360 controller. Uh, there's a third-party hack out there that you can download. If you look for Xbox 360 controller Mac drivers, you'll find it. I use that controller all the time for all my Mac gaming. It's just brilliant. And you can map the buttons differently if you want. But right out of the gate, it just works. Like, I uh, I use it all the time when um, Feral Interactive sends me games for review, especially the Lego games for the Mac. That's the controller I use, and it just works. Fantastic. I'll give that a go. I, didn't, I did remember reading that you could hook up a... Bluetooth PlayStation, sorry, a PlayStation controller via Bluetooth, but I didn't know you could do it via wire. So that's that's us sorted. Yeah, it's just a it's just a USB controller at that point. Fantastic. But this is the Xbox one, not the not the USB or not the uh, uh, PlayStation controller. Oh, we've got one of those little uh, high street game shops which you know do trading and buying. So I might go there at the weekend and treat myself. Well, you know what, chaps? I think somehow we've got a show. So that all that remains me to do is to ask you to find gentlemen where we can get a hold of you. So, Mr. Gaswells, where can people get a hold of you and how can they listen to your mighty MyMac podcast? 
Oh, ever so easy. Uh, on the Twitters, you can uh, get me twitter.com forward slash gazmaz, G-A-Z-M-A-Z. No Z cars music. Ah, uh, no. Uh, or you can send an email to me, gaz at mymac.com. Just go over to mymacpodcast.com uh, and that's a website there. Or go into iTunes and type mymac. Uh, podcast and you should be able to find us uh, myself and guy every meet every week do a show and do you know we might have a special guest this week coming up we might do the, sorry you might do let's <laughs> <laughs> let the cat out of the bag a little bit it will be a surprise for all concerned tim if people want to uh, i'm gonna get hold of you follow you we're gonna listen to you well obviously my mac.com um all the feedback that goes to that website, I see, obviously, because I, I own my Mac.com, so I kind of see it all. Uh, but uh, I do a show on a weekly basis with a UK co-host named David Cohen called TechFan, uh, TechFanPodcast.com. You could also find it at MyMac.com. And on Twitter, I am at MyMac. Brilliant, chaps. Thank you very much for all standing in at the, well, pretty much the last moment. I literally sent off two emails. And got you two guys. So thank you very much for coming in. All that makes me to say is you can get hold of me via the EssentialApple.com website, via the Twitter at Ocean Speed, if you want to follow my shenanigans, including a 66-mile ride, followed by the next day of running another half marathon. And if the this half marathon goes half as bad as the last one I've got done, that I've just done, <laughs> yeah, that was not a pleasant day the next day after. And of course, the Twitter, the Facebook, the YouTube, and the Google Plus page. Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming on the show, and hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Pleasure. Well, that was supposed to be the end of the show, but... If you listened to last week's show, you might have noticed there was a slight technical hitch, a sort of gremlin, if you will. The editing process went a little bit wrong. So Nemo's hardware store last week, I somehow managed to successfully completely muck up that audio track. So for those of you that have requested it, once again, here's Nemo's hardware store from last week, reviewing a set of head Bluetooth headphones from the company called Top Don. So John, once again... Over to you. This week on Nemo's Hardware Store, we have some very affordable headphones. The company name is Top Don, T-O-P-D-O-N. The model number is TP550. They're wired or wireless. I'll talk about that in a moment. They're all black with an attractive red trim around the ear cup base. The cost in the U.S. is $60 at Amazon.com. It comes with a full user manual in English, thorough and well-written, many pages. There is no tote bag or case provided. It does come with an audio cable and a USB charging cable. You charge up the headphones using the port is on the left ear. You charge that up for a couple of hours. Then at that point, it's ready to go. If your battery power is gone, you can use the included audio cable and you can listen as conventional wired headphones. They're very comfortable. They're cushy on the top of the head and on the ears. They are over-ear headphones. So they're compact, but they do cover your entire ear and they are very comfortable. The sound with 
The cable in is not as good as the Bluetooth audio. The Bluetooth audio wireless is virtually immediate and very full featured. You can do volume up and volume down on the right earpiece and you turn the noise canceling on or off on the left earpiece. The sound is slightly better with the noise canceling off. So if you're traveling and it's a noisy situation, you turn the noise canceling on and you will be able to hear just fine. But for the premium audio features, you will want to have the noise canceling off and you will want to be in Bluetooth mode. The sound quality is good to very good. It's not audiophile quality, but for $60 with the features of being able to make and receive phone calls, do voice recordings, have wireless or wired noise canceling on or off. The sound is nice and crisp and present. It's not excessive anywhere in the audio spectrum. I've been using it to listen to prepare for some of my music lessons lately, and I was very pleased. I had good room isolation, a very comfortable fit, and pleasant quality audio. But for $60, you get darn good sound, a solid build quality, attractive, and the instant pairing of the Bluetooth and the opportunity to have wired if necessary and noise canceling if desired. I have nothing negative to say about these. If I needed some headphones for $60, these would be ones I would consider very highly. So please take a look and a listen to the Top Don TP550 wireless noise canceling headphone available from our Amazon affiliate link that you will find on our show notes for this particular episode. It's been a lot of fun reviewing these because being a music person, it's always great to try musical gear. And these are ones that I'm going to take with me traveling so I can test the noise canceling in addition to the audio quality. Oh, yes, one more thing. The more you listen to them, the better they get. That's the sign of good speaker drivers, that the first hour or so, they were good, and then with subsequent listening, the sound got even better and crisper and more present. It's not booming bass, it's not piercing treble, but it's a consistent sound across the audio spectrum that improves the more you listen to them. My only suggestion would be to include a nice, protective tote sack. But just put them in a Ziploc bag and you've got that one figured out. Thank you, Top Don, for providing these for our evaluation. That's it until next show.